Welcome to the Free Life Agents Podcast, where we help real estate agents build a lifestyle they never need a vacation from. Here's your host, Kobe Zen. All right, guys, welcome back to the Free Life Agents Podcast. And um, before I kind of introduce my guest today, I wanted to first tell you guys a little bit more about uh, myself. So some of you guys might know uh, that I'm a part of a real estate team called the Wolfpack. So, you know, we are called the Wolfpack and, uh, you know, we call ourselves the Wolves. And um, today I have a, another wolf joining us. So some of you guys might, might, you know, with your crazy imagination think that it's the Wolf of Wall Street. No, it's not, but it's nothing less than um, you know, at least it's equivalent because we have today with us all the way from New Zealand, the wolf of not Wall Street, but the wolf of Queen Street. And uh, his name is Lawrence Lotz. And uh, he has a lot to talk about uh, today when it comes to social media marketing and podcasting for real estate as well. So um, I'm super excited about this interview. Um, I love podcasting. So I'm really excited about our guest today. But before uh, we know we get started here, you know, I just want to welcome you, Lawrence, to the show. Welcome to the show, Lawrence. Uh, thanks, Kobe, so much. Uh, thanks for the introduction, and uh, I'm happy from you know from one wolf pack to another to come and have a have a little chat there. You know the wolf pack. I'm guessing it's maybe a, a, a link into the Hangover movie. Maybe you know the wolf pack goes out into Vegas and get you know and does some crazy things, but amazing things. So excited today to have a chat. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited as well. And uh, yeah, from one wolf to another. So. Um... Yeah, man, super excited for this. And um, so, you know, you clearly have a pretty big following um, YouTube channel with, you know, multiple, uh, you know, thousands of subscribers, podcast, big following, Instagram, big following as well. But I'm sure there's people listening to this podcast um, right now who might not know who you are or who are unfamiliar with your work. So before we um, kind of get started with the conversation here, would you mind just kind of introducing yourself a little bit, telling us a little bit more about your story, how you got started in the uh social media and the podcasting space as well. Certainly. Um, so my, as I said, my name is, my, uh, my name is Lawrence Lotz. I'm South African born, living in New Zealand at the moment. I almost forgot my own name, you know, <laughs> welcome to podcast. Welcome to podcasting 101. Uh, yeah. Remember my own name. Um, yes, yeah, so I started in my social media brand just over three years ago, the Wolf of Queen Street. Uh, but a bit of a backstory about that. At that time in my life, um, I wanted to, you know, mimic the Wolf of Wall Street. I wanted the success and I wanted the money. And that's why I, my original thumbnail was like Jordan Belfort. It was the same color scheme. I was standing in a white suit, looking on top of the world and thinking, hey, this is what was important to me at that moment. Um, th over three years ago, when I started this brand, I wanted to go out and talk to the best in the business and learn a lot of the stuff fundamentally learning for myself, uh, a, bit, a bit more selfish in my sense at that stage. Um, at, at that time of my life and then as life life does it threw me a curveball just only a couple of months later two to three months later I got diagnosed with a golf ball size brain tumor um, they found this and then told me that I had to get it sorted straight away it wasn't something that I could uh, leave I mean golf ball size just think about it and um, within a couple of months I had to go into surgery for this so that was on 26th of June 2019 on my 35th birthday um, I had to go on, um, not to, on the day I was born or celebrate the day I was born, I had to go in and celebrate or try to celebrate a day to be alive. Um, I had to go through that um, 
as I'm sitting here today, I am obviously alive and made it through, but it doesn't mean that there hasn't been issues from the surgery and everything else that has come from it. Um, but going through that situation of going through that brain tumor, the surgery, recovery, and all the impact I've had through my life from that moment, um, I also got crippled financially. My insurance company didn't pay out. Um, also, uh, my personality changed from it. So myself and my marriage had a lot of issues at that time in 2020 because the person my wife had married is totally different to the person I am or, or uh, who I've become. Um, so all of that changed. Life, all that success was taken away. All that importance, what I thought was taken away and peeled back and found myself in a state of um, absolute darkness, not knowing where to go. And it was at this moment of getting into that really, really dark point in life of not knowing if my marriage is going to make it, not knowing if you know life and um, everything I built up is going to make it. I got to a point where I bounced on a mortgage in the early part of 2020. I don't know. I didn't know how my I was going to pay my bills the next month. And there was a sort of realization of that humbling of the of the world just turned around and said, "Hey, I'm going to humble you, and you're going to take a lesson from this." Um, I had to accept it and work through it. And then coming out on the other side and, you know, still a couple of years later, now still learning from it, had the real realization of what is actually important. That whole status thing of, hey, one in the success, the money is no longer important. The status symbol of look at me and trying to be all big and powerful myself is no longer important. Um, it has now become sort of my goal of helping as many people as possible, um, freely as possible. I, um, I help and coach people around, as you said, social media, property space, um, all that sort of stuff, podcasting. I do that all for free. Um, 2022 is a year that I'm giving away my time. Uh, I've just launched a campaign of a thousand hours, $150,000 I'm giving away for anyone um, that wants to come on and, uh, and jump on and get some help from myself. I do it for free. But it was through that piece to get me to where today to realize what people out there actually need. You know, Kobe, you're in the property space. I'm passionate about property. Um, it's about 70 to 80% of my focus in life is around property. And it's one of those biggest things that no matter where you are in the world, we weren't raised to understand property. We weren't raised to understand the, the method of buying property, the method of getting into property, the method of property itself as a business, as an entitlement. You know, everyone in the world should own a property or should have a house over the uh, roof over the head. It should be their way. But we're not taught. No, we don't shown. And unfortunately, we live in a situation where a lot of that is provided, but there's a hook at the end of it. So it's like, hey, I'll give you this knowledge, but I'm going to hook you with this. Well, I'm going to give you this knowledge, but you've got to come here and you've got to pay me this. We've got to do this with me. And this is where I turned around and said, no, um, in the New Zealand and Australian space specifically, I want to be able to provide that knowledge out there to the wider world with no hooks. So people can learn the basics of what it means to be in real estate, to invest in real estate, or actually just get their first home as well. Um, so they know how to do it and the processes they need to go through. And in case in all of that, thrown it on social media as well. Wow, that's awesome, man. And I'm so glad that you're helping so many people uh, right now with their social media and also mm -hmm. in, in property in real estate as well. Cause yep. I think that's uh, a very important, um, a very important aspect because one of the things that's um, that we see a lot of is exactly like you said, um, there's not a lot of mentorship and education when it comes to uh, when it comes to real estate. And I kind of wanted to uh, get your thoughts on that. So before you started with your, your podcasting campaign um, probably before you even went through um went through your surgery and your medical issues, were you always 
uh, into property and real estate? Have you been an investor for a very long time uh, before you even got into podcasting? Is that kind of where uh, you got the, uh, you know, the Wolf of Wall Street kind of kind of vibe from? Yeah, I got into property. I bought my first property, um, 23. Um, I moved over from um, South Africa to New Zealand. So I was very young. Got a, I got a, I was lucky enough for myself and my wife to be able to buy our first property um, in my early 20s. And then I was really driven to get more into it. So a couple of years later, got into a, a, actually our first investment property. So and then a bolt on further uh, from that point. So I've been, in the, I've been in the property game for over 10 years already at the moment. I'm having to learn a lot. Um, the education that I was provided when I was young and brought up is totally different to the way I invest in property now. Um, I'm not sure. Um, in the New Zealand, Australian market, it's very popular of the old style of um, property education of buy a property, have it negatively geared, which means I lose money every year, and I write that off against my tax. And after 10 years, I then sell the property, and then I make the, the, the equity growth or the capital gain on it. That's how I make my money on it. But I wait 10 years before I get that growth. And that's sort of an older education sense um, that a lot of people still invest to this day in that way, but it doesn't give you the benefits of actually having the property work for you. And fundamentally what that means is the property paying you a check every month, getting the cash flow, actually getting $5, $50, $500 a month from that property every month for the rest of your life in your bank account. And that's the sort of stuff of the big learnings over the 10 to 12 years or over more than 12 years now that I've learned and where I'm trying to help people um, understand that difference and actually take them forward. Wow. That's, that's, I think that's really important as well, because um, when it comes to, to real estate and property, like you said, um, the cash flow portion of it is something that um, a lot of people have um, high aspirations for, and uh, they want to have that, you know, I think it's the, they call it in the U S uh, mailbox money, right? They want yeah. the, uh, the checks every month and then yep. the mailbox money. And that's how you do it through the real estate as well. So, yeah, that's, that's super interesting. That's kind of like where you got started. So when it comes mm -hmm. to, you know, your podcasting and the content that you're, you're creating, um, so is that kind of uh, where you got started in, in real estate, uh, you know, with your content as well was just giving out real estate content? Because I think now it's a little bit different for, for you, right? And you can kind of touch on that, yeah. and how that transition happened. Yeah, so obviously, when, like as I said before, when I started, it was this big success, this ego, everything else. So when I started, it was me interviewing amazing people throughout the world, the best entrepreneurs, the most success stories. And it was these big one-hour discussions mm -hmm. with myself and these big names, because that's that's where I wanted to be, right? I wanted to be across the other side of the camera and have that success and that fame and everything else. And as part of the, the, the journey, the property didn't really play into mind. It was the it was part of my it was part of my business model, but it wasn't part of my podcast side. Uh, my podcast originally started with top entrepreneurs in the business space and the you know future tech and all of that. And then finally, as I went through this humbling process and got this learnings, I started to realize okay, what is important? What resonates really with me that I'm passionate about, and what is actually was something that I can help other people with. And I went through a pivot within the brand of going, okay, I'm still going to um, find the best people, but the best people to provide the right answers. And I'm going to focus 70% of property in sort of New Zealand, Australian space and 30% or I'd say 20% in the, in the business space and 10% just for me personally. So why I say 10% for me personally, I've had people on the show, which for me, I wanted them on the show. Might not be perfect for my audience. For example, I've had a gentleman called Daniel Ross. He plays Donald Duck for the Disney movies. Um, myself and my family are massive Disney fans. So I had him on the show. 
that has nothing to do with the property, has nothing to do with pro uh, business, but he had a really amazing story. It was really cool. And so I left about five to 10% of what I do just for those quirky ones that I want on my show. But I definitely focused around and made it more properly focused and providing that education in the last sort of 12 to 18 months. Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know you were a you were a big Disney fan. So I'm also a big <laughs> Disney fan myself. I, I love going to, to Disney World, and uh, you know, big Disney fans. I'm definitely going to listen to that podcast that you did uh, with the the voice of Donald Duck. So yep. uh, definitely sounds like an interesting one for sure. But that's that's pretty interesting that you're kind of mentioning that it was almost because in my mind it was always the other way around, right? I thought you started off, you know, kind of educating people on real estate and on property. And then now that you have the success that you do, you're kind of moving more into teaching, you know, teaching tech, teaching social media, teaching podcasting. But that's actually, it's actually the other it's, way it's, around. It, right? it, it, yeah, it is the other way around. Um, so, um, I'm, yeah, so I, I coach in the both sides of it, right? So when I started, I, I went and learned everything myself. So I'm one of those people that I didn't have a coach or mentor, whichever term you use in the social media space. I launched a podcast by myself, made all the podcast mistakes. Um, launch a YouTube channel, um, did all the mistakes for the first year, right? Irrespective of what your niche is, made all those basic mistakes. And then finally got to the point of, okay, I'm giving this, you know, a year focus and I'm not seeing the growth that I wanted to see. And a big research is that there's a high percentage in the podcast world specifically. It was something before COVID, it was something like 80, 70 to 80% of podcasts don't get past the first year. And if you do get past the first year, you've got a real uh, chance of actually doing something with it if you follow a good framework. So I got past that first year, went great, it's there, but I'm not seeing those next steps. Um, and that's when I went down and did further research and did the learning and found um, coaches for myself and mentors for myself in the, in the social media space and everything else. And I really honed in on understanding all of those key areas now so that I could have the benefits of growing on Instagram and growing on YouTube and growing on TikTok and bringing that into space. So that now on the one side of me, I've got that full understanding of how social media works. I'm also a one-man band. So I don't outsource any of my content. I don't have teams that work for me. Um, I like having that full control. So I have that full understanding. Um, and then on the other side, I've obviously realized that there's this big opening in the property space where I've been focusing in as well. So I've been providing all of this property content and the stuff and this education that people really need. So I've got the left-hand side going, I can help the growth on the platform you need. But also if you need the guidance of understanding the property side, I've also got that as well. Okay. So I think you mentioned something important there and that's that you do it as by yourself. You're, you're yes. one, you're what you say you were a one man band. And I think that's yeah. pretty important because most of our listeners are our real estate agents and mm -hmm. maybe, you know, for them content and, you know, if they're doing a podcast or they're doing YouTube or social media, whatever they may be doing, it's mm -hmm. not like it, it, you know, it's not their main business, right? They're not yeah. trying to be, you know, Logan Paul and be an influencer, right? They're <laughs> right. They're, they're just using it to, to market themselves. So a lot of them are, mm -hmm. you know, like you said, they're, they're doing it by themselves. Yep. So maybe this is going to lead into a, like a way longer discussion with a lot more questions, but um, yep. you know, how are you doing this, you know, on your own? And I think, you know, you also have a full-time job as well. So how are you doing this on your own by yourself, doing the quality of content that you're currently doing right now? Yeah, so I think the, um, the, the, the most basic thing from the foundation, right, is this thing here, mm -hmm. the cell phone thing that all of us, real estate agents specifically, will have about five of these most days. <laughs> this 
thing does amazing stuff. If you've got one of the latest versions of an uh, iPhone or Samsung, say two years or uh, less, so anything from a sort of Note 10 or S10 or any of the new iPhones, the technology that exists within this is exceptional. Um, anyone that's listening or watching at the moment and goes over to uh, my Instagram at the moment or my TikTok or even on YouTube shorts, all the reels or the, all the short form portrait content that I've done in the last sort of 30 days, all been done with a cell phone. They've all been done with a cell phone. So yes, it's not 100% crystal clear as a professional camera, but it's pretty good compared to um, other content that's out there. And I did it literally with my cell phone, no lapel mics. Um, I've just set up with a basic light that I have in front of me at the moment. And I set there and I put in there and I put in the content. So how to do it, you just need a few simple things. A cell phone that you really have and pretty much a, a good source of lights. A real estate agents, you guys are outside all the time. You've got, you know, the natural light, you're at the property, you got all those sort of key details in there. Um, so just have that understanding. It's, don't think it's you've got to be too big and too massive. Yes, in some spaces in the real estate game, people have uh, professional teams to come in and to do the houses. But there's something we're forgetting in the real estate game. I use real estate agents, not because necessarily the house that they show, but because who the real estate agent is right? I use the real estate agents or I use the people in my property space because of who they are and what they can do. So building up what they are and what they can do is more important to me than what the house they can show. I don't care that they can show me a $5 million house or a $10 million house. I just care about what their knowledge is and what they can, what they can understand and show to the market space. So for the real estate agents, what I mean by that is we see a lot of real estate agents in the game being the stock standard um, way of, hey, here's a listing, here's a photo, or here's a video, and here's the text about it and the details about it. Contact me if you want to learn more. And it's like, okay, cool. I could just go on to, um, in New Zealand, it's, it's called Trade Me. I can go in America, whatever you guys sell your real estate through, realestate.com or whatever, and I can find property that way. What, why am I going to come to you? And where the difference is, is the real estate agents that um, are pushing the stuff of showing themselves and showing themselves, not just them in front of the property, but showing themselves about knowledge, understanding, insights, and tips um, that people go, great. Um, I can see Kobe understands this. Kobe understands what's going on in the market at the moment. And then it's as simple as, is what has happened the last two weeks in the property market that I should be paying attention to? What should I come out on my social media take my phone, sit in a car, I don't care, and go, hey, everyone out there, there's just been a new uh, legislation released by the government. This is what it means. And this is the impact to you as an investor or first-time buyer. Just thought I'd let you know, if you want any more clarity, reach out to me and we can have a discussion about it. Now, that to me as a potential buyer is important because it goes, cool, you understand the market and you provided me information. And I think that's something where... Uh, even in the New Zealand market, I mean, because I'm in the property game, 90% of my, my my social following and people that I go follow are in that space. And maybe 10% of them are providing um, um, education over just static knowledge about property uh, and the imagery. Because um, fundamentally, no matter where we go as humans, we want to be entertained or we want to be educated. Right? So if you go and show content a house, four bedroom, that's the stuff, Bowman, that's just not educated and not entertained. It's just sitting there. 
So I will go there once you educate me and see that I'm getting the right education, then I'll be interested in that. But you've got to edit, um, educate me or entertain me. So that's why if you look at a big person like Grand Cardone in the US space, obviously, Kobe, you're well aware of, uh, of, um, of Grand Cardone, right? He does both. He entertains his ridiculous stories and his jets and talking about how he got away with the IRS with, what is this, $40 million by buying a jet. And his, and his always crazy stories. That's the entertainment. But fundamentally, he still brings the education into it. He still tells you how to get away uh, from the tax obligations legally, how to buy more doors, how to change that stuff out there. Uh, and that's why people consume the content and then they'll go, cool, he knows the knowledge. I want to know or want to learn more from it. So when he puts something up, people go, go, sweet, I want to look at this potential to invest and so forth. Right. And I think that's that's the important part, right? Where it needs to be a good mix and it can't just be, you know, it can't just be one or, or the other, right? And I think that's, is, is that what you think as well? Because I'm, I'm sure there's people out there who maybe focus yeah, on one or the other. Yeah, look here. Um, again, like I said, is um, I don't follow as many real estate agents in the US space. Um, there's a few that I do that, and the people that I do are the ones that attract me. The real estate agents I follow in the US are the ones that educate me and entertain me. I don't follow them because of the listings. I don't follow because I'm not going to buy in the US market. But it's the same way what a real estate agent got to think about from we don't just have to put our content because we want the 500 people in our local town to use me. I also want the 5,000 people all over the world to see what I'm doing or, or potential 5,000 people followers to come across and follow my content as well. Because we want social proof. We want to get um, other people out there to see our business because the 1% of chance is someone wants to buy in New York, someone wants to buy in Miami, someone wants to buy in you know, Las Vegas. And I've been following a real estate agent in Vegas because I like what he does. And I'm sitting in New Zealand. The first person I'm going to call is that person. Because I don't know anyone else. I'm going to reach out to them and go, hey, I've seen everything. I support you. I'm on the other side of the world. Can you help me out? Right. And uh, do you think that's one of the things that, you know, a lot of real estate agents need to start doing? Because that's what I, I see a lot of is they do, you know, real estate agents do content, but they're, they're so hyper local in that they're not, they're not really trying to reach anybody outside of the local market because everybody talks about, you know, how real estate is a, you know, it's a local game, it's a local business. But well, I think what you're saying is that you want to reach the market outside of just, uh, you know, like you said, the 500 people in your town as well. Look, you've got to respect your local market as well, but you can't just follow your local market. Um, you know, the, I think you, I think you're going to lose that five to ten percent of potential down the path. Now, a real estate agent might say, "Hey, Lawrence, I've got so much work just trying to grow my brand within my town that's got twenty thousand people, two thousand people, two hundred thousand people. Why should I care about other people? It's not about caring about other people. It's just about understanding the the wider thought pattern." What harm is there by providing education um, at the moment uh, from a wider audience that anyone can enjoy that? Like I said, anyone can enjoy it in the US space, for example. So that's why like my content specifically in the New Zealand or in the Australian space. So if an American will come over, they might go, oh, this looks cool, but I, it's not really applicable. I totally understand that. They might still follow me because they like my brand, but they can respect that I'm providing a wider education. I mean, there's like tax, you guys have um, loans out there at the moment that you can get a mortgage loan at 0% down if it's a rural property. I can't remember what the loan specifically is called in the US. If it's um, zone is rural, you can actually get this uh, a rural uh, mortgage loan um, um, property out there. 
but I'm sure a lot of people might not even be aware of that loan. I found it in New Zealand about an American rule. And I'm like, hey, that's really cool. It's something someone should know about. And as a real estate agent, you should be going out and going, hey, by the way, in this town that we live in, do you know that this exists? And if you buy a property past this line in this area, you could actually apply for one of these loans, which means you have to put zero money down if you get approved for this type of loan. And that's just like one example. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's um, that's really important for agents to kind of remember is that um, there's certain things. And I think for, for a lot of agents who are afraid to do content is that they believe that they don't know enough, right? I think that's that's the I mean, that's the biggest thing that's yeah. holding people back. And in the beginning for me as well as, um, you know, that's what was holding me back. I, I thought that, you know, I haven't been in the industry as long. You know, there's people out there who, you know, might, might not benefit from this. But one of the things that I, you know, I realized and other people have told me before is that, you know, there's always somebody out there that can benefit mm -hmm. from the knowledge that you possess, right? There's at least one person in this world that can learn something from you. And yep. I think that's that's where, where agents need to start as well. So, I mean, for, for in terms of uh, the, the actual type of content, right? How important mm -hmm. do you think is, you know, picking a niche or, or being very specific versus, you know, the thing I was just talking about is just that picking out the information that you have in your, your, in your mind and your brain that you know, and then just, just start sharing it. Uh, it depends on your strategy of all. Uh, it's a bit of a hard one to say, you know, go hard on your niche or go wide on your niche. Now, this depends on the real estate agent or the, the space you want to be in, right? Um, are you are you your own company, a one-man band, a one-woman band? Um, are you in a large uh, um, company corporation of, you know, a thousand real estate agents? Uh, one of the biggest things just to anyone listening or watching at the moment, before you go down any of these paths, find out if you're part of a company or you're with an existing franchise, please find out straight away what freedom you have in content. What can you say? What can't you say? Not out of your not out of the, your, your, your rights as a real estate agent. I know there's certain rules there, especially in the US. I'm talking about what freedom you can say existing under an existing brand. And what I mean by that, I know in, uh, in um, New Zealand, uh, exceptionally very strong, I can't get real estate agents on my show. I've got to go to the, um, the owner and they will come on my show because the real estate agents don't get the owner's approval to come on and talk about the industry or stuff because it might not look good on the brand. So just as a first point, if you're, if you're your own company, obviously you can do what you like, but if you're part of an existing company and you really want to build up a strategy differently than just posting a house, go to your company and go, hey, I would like to grow up my, grow my brand larger and it's going to be a benefit for both of us. Um, is there any restraints that I, that I can't do this? I can do this. Uh, where, where's my leeways and where's my places to go? Um, and, and get yourself covered in that way. Um, because if you do it successfully, the brand's not going to care because you massively going to grow and you're going to bring more business to that brand that you're part of or that company part of. Once you've got that clearance, um, the, the, the strategy to look at then is, did you want to be just a, uh, what I'm, I don't want to use, I'm, I'm going to use the word vanilla, but I'm not going to mean it that it's just <laughs> plain. But just, you want to be a stock standard real estate agent that sells when listings come along um, and so forth. Or do you want to be a real estate agent that on sales to investors, they want to flip properties um, or the um, properties they want to be on sold to become Airbnbs. you got to try and figure out where your space uh, is going to be down the path because that will help drive your strategy of your content. 
if you're going to go on the more um, general point of view, yep, um, producing content out there, still providing the education, the stock standard. Hey, do you understand this about buying a property? Do you understand this about this area? And you can be more general around uh, the content that you're providing. If you go more specialized of uh, the Airbnbs, the flipping the properties, um, looking for the deals, that's when you got to provide some real hard and niche information. Um, but, but, um, back-to-back settlements um, you guys call it you guys got it's got a longer term uh, for back for back-to-back settlements right that's buying and selling the property with never uh, uh, contemporaneous settlements there we go there's the word uh, that's buying and selling a property with never owning it you know so if do people even know that do people even know that a contemporaneous settlement exists so that's when if you want to go real specialized um, in helping investors and done that as real estate agent doing some content about that explaining how it works Explaining that, hey, I can buy a house. Let's use this example. I'm going to go and pick any, let's pick a city I love. Let's pick Las Vegas, right? I'm going to buy a house in Las Vegas. It's a million dollars. I'm going to get it under contract. I'm going to have a long settlement. We call it settlement. I'm going to have a long um, um, time before I've got to settle that contract. And uh, because I want to do work on the property. And then what happens is I'm going to upskill, I'm going to upvalue the property. And I'm going to on-sell it as a contemporaneous on the day that I own it. And that is simple from an investment point of view, but people, a lot of people don't know that. So this is where that real estate agent um, can be providing the insights and giving that information out there so that a uh, potential buyer goes, hey, that agent said something that's really interesting and that could actually work in one of the properties that they have. Why don't I call them? And this is understanding on um, the content that you're producing um, out there. Now, obviously the, the, the main thing people are going to say is, okay, cool, Lawrence, I understand I've got freedom to speak. I understand where I want to say, what sort of content I want to say. Where do I go with my content? At the moment, the most attention is obviously in the shortest of form, short form content across TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube shorts. That is the main spaces where you'll be playing in. I would expect any real estate agent to currently have an Instagram at least uh, and a Facebook. I'm guessing that's the main spaces that real estate agents might have their content on. Some have might have gone over to the TikTok space to see if they can do that as well. Very few real estate agents would have gone over to the YouTube space. Now, you might not necessarily get your customers or your future clients through the YouTube space, but you can get a large brand following behind on the YouTube space, on the YouTube short side of things. And Yes, you might be saying, but hold on, Lawrence, you spoke about TikTok, Instagram, YouTube Shorts, maybe even the Facebook side. It's four places. Do I have to do four pieces of content? No, you don't. You can do one piece of content and it's uploaded natively into each one of those ones. And therefore, you get four audience um, audiences out there that potentially could grow or see your brand that's there. Yeah. That, that was exactly what I was going to ask, uh, actually, was, um, you know, what platforms that you're using and the differences between some of these platforms. So I'm really glad you brought that up because um, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about was, you know, what platforms agents start with, right? So I, I believe out there in the space, the marketing space, there's essentially two methods of thought, right? There's mm-hmm. one method where it's, I think that's the Gary Vee method where you go, you know, you have to hit every single platform. Uh, mm-hmm. And you have to do them at once and you have to do them together and you have to do them hard. And then I think there's another guy, I don't know if you've heard of him, but Russell Brunson from ClickFunnels, mm-hmm. yep. right? I think he talks more about focusing on one, maybe two platforms at once. 
So when it comes to, you know, for somebody who has, you know, maybe limited resources, who's a, you know, one man band, one man show, um, which one of these do you suggest and, and why? So I, I agree with both. Okay. So, that, and you're going to look at me, okay. how do you agree with both? So as a one man band, my, my, my belief is you can only ever focus on two platforms at one time. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you can't have five platforms or six platforms. And, you know, if you wanted to go onto the Twitter game and if you even wanted to, I mean, Twitch is evolving from gaming to podcasts into other content as well. If you wanted to go as crazy enough onto the Twitch space and sit there, you know, and become a gamer and convert, by all means. But my belief is you can only really focus on two channels at one stage or at one sort of 30 or 45 day period. Um, and then obviously you've also got LinkedIn out there. Doesn't mean you can't have the other ones. So what I show a lot of, what I teach a lot of people is have your platforms, right? So have your Facebook standard up, have your LinkedIn standard up, have your Instagram, your TikTok, have your YouTube standard up, right? Just have the channels out there and then pick your two channels or your two social platforms for the next 30 to 45 days of where that is going to be your focus. So for example, let's say, okay, um, TikTok and Instagram is going to be my focus straight off the bat. Okay, so that means I'm going to produce my content, 60 seconds or less, portraits, I'm going to do the Reels game, and I'm going to do the TikTok game, it's the exact same video. I'm going to stand up and record sort of very similar content to what I'm producing at the moment, coming out, talking about the new tax changes, talking about the new real estate um, um, uh, implications, what inflation impact, um, capital gain, all that sort of stuff. I'm going to record those, and I'm going to put it on my um, Instagram, on uh, my Reels, and in the exact same video, I'm going to put on my TikTok. And then from that, I can, what I say is you go and be lazy. Take the content and you put it on the other platforms. Don't worry about it. Just put it on those platforms. So go and put it up there and put it up there. So at least if someone comes through that channel, they still see their content. So even though you focus in two places, you don't want to leave the other ones behind for 30 or 40 or 50 days. As easy, you know, to load something on LinkedIn is the same description you've written in Instagram. You just put it there and you load it up. Takes five minutes. Going onto Facebook, five minutes. Going onto a YouTube, takes five minutes. So you can put it all on those other platforms, and you just let you know, and you just let it do its own thing, and then you focus on the ones that you picked. You can even go down as hard as one. I want to just focus on Instagram at the moment, and then the other ones you still share it out there. The thing is. If you don't play the game of having content wider, you risk that someone will stumble on you. The algorithms in the TikTok space and the YouTube shorts and the real space is, I'm going to take your content and I'm going to share it. And depending on what people do with it is I'm going to share it more and I'm going to engage more and allow people more to be engaged. So you could put one piece of video out there and just on your, say, let's say on your YouTube shorts that you're not focusing on. And for some reason it snaps and it goes and builds up. And now all of a sudden, the one that's behind you that you're not really paying attention to is getting really a lot of attention, which is great. That means you haven't even focused on it and you can still grow with it as well. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting point you brought up is the how the algorithm works for the, uh, the, mm-hmm. short, the short form content. Because yeah. I think there's a, a lot of people who might understand, or at least, you know, maybe I'm just speaking for myself here, but I understand how SEO works and how optimization mm-hmm. works. Yep. So I understand Google and YouTube, but, it, you know, talk a little bit more about how the short form content work. I think you were, you were just talking about it where it blasts them out and, yep. and uh, 
Yeah, so obviously you've got SEO. That's more in this, the impacting side on long-form content or print content or text space. So SEO, search engine optimization, that's if you've got a website, a .com, mm-hmm. um, that's if people are searching, right, for specific information out there. But if you're producing a 60-second video talking about the current market trends in my town right now, there's no real SEO around that, right, um, in the short-form content. Because when I search in Google, it doesn't really pull through TikToks or Reels as much at the moment. Um, YouTube videos, it does, but longer form, not the short form. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where producing this content, um, when you when you stick it into, let's say, TikTok and um, Instagram, YouTube um, is a little bit different, but TikTok and Instagram, it takes the short form content. Um, and this is where you'll notice, if you just start in the game, you share it out. And then what happens is you might get 50 views, you might get 100 views, you get like, look at it and go, oh, I only got 50 people. How did this guy get 50,000, right? What it's doing, because you're very infant in your uh, in your stages, it goes out and goes, cool, we're going to pick 50 random people. And then what happens is it goes, cool, out of the 50 people, this one guy, this one girl over here liked it. And we're like, okay, cool. We understand what that person has. You release another video a day later, and then it might go, cool, we're going to share it to 70 people. We're going to share it again to this type of person, and we might bring a couple more of them in. And out of the 70 you might have gotten two or three likes. And then the algorithm goes, okay, we can see a correlation on this side of this type of person that understands your content. So as you're doing more content, it's going to show to more, it's going to show to more, it's going to show to more. And Instagram specifically, it takes 30 to 45 days for this algorithm to understand your niche. It takes that much time. Now that's that doesn't mean when you're famous or you run down the street butt-ass naked and you end on, on the news and you get a million people jumping on your Instagram because they want to see with this viral people or, you know, or the Chewbacca lady that was famous three years ago with the Chewbacca mask that everyone saw, right? I'm not talking about that person. I'm talking about stock standards starting from scratch and building up from there. It takes 30 to 45 days to build this relationship. I saw the exact same thing with me. I went down in December. I got 50,000 views, impressions, uh, sorry, 50,000 impressions on my Instagram over the month of December. Nothing massive, but a decent amount of impressions. Um, and one thing just to disclose, I run no ads. I run no ads. I don't do any advertising for any of my brand. Everything I do is organically. So when I talk about these numbers, that's all organic numbers. I did 50,000 um, in December. I did 100,000 in January. And I, was, and, I, and I actually came out on social media. I was like, cool, I hit 100,000. My target is 300,000 in next month. And I hit 2 million in February. And why I hit 2 million in February from 50,000 two months earlier organically is I stuck to that 30 to 45 days of building the algorithm, telling it who I want and giving it time to find that audience. And I just kept producing the content one a day, one, you know, try to some, you know, one every other day, but I, I fed it. I fed that cookie monster three to five times a week, at least, if not more, if I could. And all of a sudden the audience from the algorithm, just started seeing my content, started seeing my content. And the engagement went up and all of a sudden the views went up as well. Wow. And that you're, that's Instagram, right? For Instagram Reels? Yep, yep. So that was the Instagram Reels at the moment. I've um, My TikTok, I started TikTok as we a lot of, most of us did through uh, lockdown in 2020. And I went and did, this is the funny thing, is I started my TikTok originally doing real funny videos and stuff for my family and stuff that everyone got embarrassed about and then uh, i started getting i started growing from you know from a channel five thousand followers ten thousand followers you know forty thousand likes fifty thousand likes and then and i went hold on 
anyone that sees this is going to see I'm a bit of a client. I am naturally a little bit of a client, but if they go into my Instagram, there's no correlation. So what I went and said is, I said, okay, I'm going to stop doing that and I'm going to go back to what I am trying to provide the education. So the last two weeks, I went back and provided the exact same content on the Instagram side onto the TikTok. And because it was so different, the first couple of days, it was like 100 views, 200 views on a video, 300 views. And now two weeks later, I'm starting to see the same sort of traction I saw on Instagram, but I'm only two weeks into it. I'm seeing the same sort of stuff that every single day now I go back onto my TikTok and there's 20, 30, 40 new followers. Now that might sound small, but for a small channel and startup, 40 new followers a day, it's over 30, it's over a thousand followers a month, right? And that's just snowballs. And now me doing this content, again, it shows on the TikTok, it's the exact same strategy and it's the exact same thought pattern of if I do 30 to 45 days hard in my niche or what my content is, the algorithm will find the people and show it to them more. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, just to, just to be clear, so before when you were doing the the two different platforms, you were actually doing two two different content as well. So you were doing, correct. you know, specifically for Instagram and then specifically for, for TikTok as well. Yeah, so I did TikTok as as the pranks and the funny videos. I mean, I sat there right. and broke an egg in my mouth and the silly stuff we did in <laughs> lockdown, right? Um, and then I had and then, and it built up and then I said to myself, coming back to the drawing board, you know, because I sort of review my business or my brand every six months. I said, hold on, I go and become really popular on TikTok as people get on TikTok and they think you're really funny and they come over to my Facebook or my YouTube or any of my other social media channels. It doesn't correlate. So for example, if you went and found like the biggest prankster on TikTok and you jumped over and there were Gary V on Instagram, that doesn't correlate and your audience will go, hold on, what are you? Are you here or are you here? Right? So that's why I said, no, 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 I'm going to stop doing this one content. Not say I'm not going to be silly and fun, but I'm going to still, I'm going to produce the content that the audience actually wants from me. And that's why on that side of it, I've gone hard now. I've left the other stuff there. Um, I'm a true believer not to delete content. I'm a true believer not to remove stuff because... I think people want to see evolution. People want to see evolution of your brand, where you were. I mean, anyone that's a Gary Vee fan, you know, watching Gary Vee in Wine Library is as much as it's uh, funny, it's sometimes painful how bad it is, but he was amazing at it, you know, and seeing that too today, um, anyone in the podcast space must know who Joe Rogan is, whether you agree with him, support him. I'm a massive Joe Rogan fan. I spent a year listening to all his podcasts. Up to that stage, I listened to them every single day. I um, started at episode one. And the craziness was on episode one, on the first time he ever did it, was him and Brian Redband putting on the video and putting on snowflakes and filters. And he's like, oh my goodness, this editing's amazing. Look, we can make it snow and we can make boxes around us. You watch it now and you cringe at like, how could you have done that at your first episode? And you see where he's come today has been, I think, top three podcaster in the world at any one stage. And that's a cool part of the brand of going, hey, that's where I was. And look where I've got to now. And we are so precious that we have to be perfect all the time. Um, real people care about imperfection, not perfection. Well, that's going to be a soundbite for sure. So, <laughs> no, that's that. No, but like, I think that's that's one of the things for a lot of agents that, you know, they're um they're they're afraid and they, they they're afraid to look bad on camera and um that that kind of stops them from from doing content as well so i mean for 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 them it's just right and you- yep 
I, I totally is looking like I said in the beginning, the way I am um, as an investor is I use, I buy the agent, I'm not saying I buy the agent, I buy stuff because of the agent. The I've only got certain limited of agents in this entire country. I've got a, a less than a handful of agents that I would only use in this country because of who they are. Right. And understanding them, not because they've got the best marketing, not because they've got the coolest videos out there. It's what they provide within it. That is what is important to be while I use those real estate agents. The same as uh, the same as like the my power team members, my mortgage brokers and that stuff, team members, you won't find them on social media. The, some of my the most important people within my property space are not necessarily on social media, but what they are and what they provide is really important to me. And if they did bring that across, not that they need to, they've got more customers than they need because it goes through word of mouth. But that's the sort of stuff that's important. So from the real estate agent, yeah. if you're nervous, here's a simple thing. If you're nervous and worry about it, sit down, write down five topics that you want to do this week or for write down five key pieces of information. Make it applicable for your space, which means your area, your town, your city, uh, whatever, and make it applicable within the last 30 days. Okay? People want to know yeah, now, nah, at the moment. In New Zealand, we're having property changes literally every 90 days. We're having legislation changes. We're having tax changes because our property market is so hot. They're trying to pull back. So literally, there's changes every 90 days. So if you talk about something with, that was 2021, it's already outdated. So sit down, think of five trends happening in, in your area right now and write them out. Then think about how you can talk about them in under 60 seconds, right? Now, it doesn't mean you've got to record it as a solid 60 seconds perfectly. I sit and record about three minutes and then I just edit it. Um, I can edit it on CapCut on my phone and cut it down to less than 60 seconds. But just think of a straw man. So I go and write down um, the topic and I write down four or five key points that's underpinning on that topic I want to talk about. I then take my phone, real estate agents, you guys are in the properties, you're around the properties. I would say you can just record it at the property, hold your phone up and go, hey, um, just a thought I'll let you know today that here's a put of um, uh, insight or education uh, and it's also applicable to this property, right? Um, for example, we spoke about that rural loan. Hey guys, by the way, do you know that if you buy a property that's rural, you can apply for this loan um, at 0% down. This property that I'm standing at is part of that. So if you want to buy this property or interested in buying the property, you could actually get a loan with 0% down. And that's how all of a sudden you're talking about the property but you also provide an education and person's going to go, yeah. cool. I like that. Do those sort of three to five things. Um, try and do it out in the week and put that content in between your static content. So your stock standard photo of the houses, which you obviously have to put out there. So people wear and shift it in between those pieces of content that so people that come onto your Instagram, your TikTok, or your social media, start seeing you or start learning about you, start learning about Kobe, yeah. start learning about that actual individual that is actually the person that's going to be working for me. Right. And I think that's, that's super important. So overcoming fear is one of the, mm -hmm. the, the issues for real estate agents not doing content. The other one I think is consistency. So that's the other one that I hear a lot of. Mm -hmm. um, they'll, they'll say that they're not, they're not going to have time to do a piece of content every day. And a lot of them feel like they need to be recording videos every day, posting them at the same time every day. So when it comes to consistency of content, uh, what do you suggest, especially for the short-term so, uh, social media? Because I think long-term content is easier to stay consistent with, maybe once a week. 
you can batch it, but with, with short form content, how consistent uh, should an agent stay and how, you know, how can they actually keep up with the uh, a consistent schedule when it comes to posting content as well? Yeah, so um, from, uh, let's say from a newbie or real estate agent taking the next level, that long form content, let's not worry about that. You know, standing mm -hmm. there in boardroom, studying there with the Grand Cardone in front of the white screen and right. talking about how I get, you know, and that sort of content from a real estate point of view, we don't necessarily have to worry about that. Uh, Ryan, is it Ryan Sarhant or Sarhant? Um, yeah. Yes. Ryan right? Sarhant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, correct. He doesn't do long form content on any of the social platforms unless you go over to YouTube, right? All of his is short form, 60 seconds, TikTok, Instagram reels. He will have longer form down there. He's been in the game for many, many of years. But most of the stuff that people, I, I follow him because of his short form content. Um, yes, I also followed him that he had a $150 million apartment in New York. And that video was pretty cool though. But coming back to it is, you don't have to, there's this whole thing of, yes, you got to post at 10 o'clock every single day. Um, yes, you got to post at a set time every single day. Unless you come out publicly and tell your audience, I'm going to post at a set time every day, you don't have that stringent rule on yourself. So uh, I, I see a lot of um, content creators that are like, cool, we're producing a video every Monday. Dude, you don't know how much pressure that is to produce a piece of video every single week at the same time, at the same day, just once a week. That pressure just gets to people real quickly. So, so <coughs> excuse me. So what, I, so what I recommend is, remember we spoke about the five pieces. Taking my phone, I'm down at a house today, I've got my notes, I stand in front of my phone and I, require, and I record my five pieces of content, five, 10 minutes. Agents always have time waiting for people coming to the house. We're well aware of this. People rock oh, 10 minutes late, 15 minutes late. We stand in there, take your phone and do your five minutes or your six minutes and get your three pieces of videos out of there. Now, what you do with it is depending on your strategy. Do you want to outsource it to a VA that says, hey, can you cut this up into one minute videos and can you post it for me, right? You can get a VA out of the Philippines if you want to between $5 to $7 an hour. And they would need no more than one to two hours a week to do that once you've recorded that video. So you could realistically record 10 minutes, send it to someone, pay them $20, and they'll cut it up and you will have your five pieces of content and they'll post it on your behalf. If you can't afford the $20 a week, as um, I'm hoping you can, but if you can't, you can go on to CapCuts on your phone, edit yourself, sit down for half an hour, edit your four or five videos, and then just post it over the next four to five days when you can. 10 a.m., midday, three o'clock. Be a little respectful of the time, right? So don't go and post it at 2 a.m. You know, if you're working at night and go, oh, I forgot to post my video, push. Yep, that's going to work real great if you push it at 2 a.m. because anyone in your area is not awake at 2 a.m., right? Um, so be just a little respectful. So I normally don't go earlier than 9 a.m. and I usually don't go later than 9 p.m. But I'll push anywhere between that time at the moment. Um, sometimes it's, it's bigger, sometimes it's smaller. But I also respect that I've got an audience that at morning tea, you know, when you, ha when you have your break at work, might be on their phone at 10 a.m. I've got people that uh, get home and only get on their phones after they put their kids down. So that's the 8, 8 p.m. slot. So I'm not heading a specific one, but I'm just putting the content out there. But I will alternate. So I'll go, you know, 10 a.m., 10 a.m. And then in the third day, uh, on the third day, I'll go like midday. And then I'll go four o'clock. And I'll just switch it a bit around. But I don't hold myself to every day, 10 a.m. Um, from that point of view. Right. So the timing uh, of it, when you post it on social media, it actually does matter when it comes to 
uh, when it comes to the exposure and the algorithm, right? Is that what you're saying? It does a bit, depending on how big your following is at that stage, right? So it depends how far down that path is and also depends where your audience sits. Um, on Instagram, for example, you can actually go look at your analytics and see where your audience exists, which countries they're based in. Um, so still at the moment, New Zealand, Australia is my, uh, my highest following. And then I have um, the US and then I have South Africa um, as my third and fourth. Um, and then fifth comes in with India um, as always. India always seems to be a following in anyone's social platform. Um, so from my point of view, as long as I'm producing my content during my daylight hours, I'm respecting my New Zealand Australian audience. And then normally when like at midnight, when I'm sitting doing work, my American market comes on and then my American network will start engaging with that. Um, but I wouldn't worry about that stuff too much from the beginning. Take step one, produce the content, put the content out there, learn from those mistakes, learn from what is you doing and then just go over your 30 days, you know, your 30 to 45 days, because I guarantee after 30 days on day 30, you're doing content way differently to what you're doing in day one and you've learned a lot from it. Yeah. Exactly. You know, if I say to you, Kobe, I just want you to go record one, one minute of video right now and just post it up there you're going to post it up there and there'll be no issues. But if I said to you, Kobe, I want you to record one minute video. I want you to wait for 3.30 tomorrow and you got to post it and you got to make sure that when you post it, this, this, and this, and this happens, you're going to all of a sudden feel like, hold on, that's a bit much just for one video. If we take it simple, small steps and easier, tangible steps forward, you'll be able to produce your content um, a lot easier for the real estate agents. I know how busy you guys are. I know how much, how many phone calls you have, how many people you're trying to call. Um, so small, tangible pieces of nuggets a, a day um, will make it easier for them to accept it, to put it out there. And once you start seeing what happens, it becomes a little addictive because once you start seeing that it grows and it works as a real estate agent and you go, hold on, this is organic grow and reach. This is potential customers organically. Believe you me, the real estate agents, 90 days after they started a strategy is producing content more than doing anything else because they know that's going to get them more customers than anything else. Yeah, it is. It is reaching a lot of people that they would not have rather reached as well. So I think that's that's one of the you know most important things that you just mentioned is starting small, mm -hmm. starting with something that's manageable. That's actually, yep. you believe that you can accomplish. I think that's one of the most important yep. things, right? When it comes to goal setting, I mean, it's a different conversation, but when it comes to, you know, mm -hmm. setting a goal and starting something, you, you have to, you have to, you know, set it where you actually believe you could, you can accomplish it, right? Yep. Don't try to go out there and say, I'm going to start a, you know, start a network television show on CBS or, or whatever, right? So, I mean, there's a, there's a book out there called Atomic Habits that talk yep. a lot more on this, right? So manageable, small, manageable tasks. But if you're a real estate agent listening to this right now, it's a lot of important stuff. So I hope you guys are taking some notes and, uh, you know, especially the ones who are, you know, getting started looking to do some short form content as well. But, but <clears throat> I do want to pivot a little bit here because, um, you know, you're also a, an avid podcaster. You have an mm -hmm. amazing podcast and um, I'm a podcaster as well. I mean, it's what we're, we're doing right now. So um, something I'm passionate about. So when it comes to podcasting, this is something mm -hmm. that I, I kind of started with. And it was, you know, a lot of procrastination in the beginning for me. So um, I had the idea to start a podcast about a year and a half ago. I didn't start until March of this year. So, you know, you can see it was a, it was a long time ago. But, um, you know, when it comes to starting a podcast,
podcast, you know, what I realized is a lot of it is a perceived difficulty, right? I thought it was a lot more difficult than it really is. But for somebody who is getting started in the real estate space or somebody who wants to, you know, wants to do podcasting, you know, how how should they kind of approach starting it? And um, do you suggest kind of starting a podcast as, you know, your first exposure or experience to content as well? Um, yeah, by all means, if you, if you want to produce content out there, um, so it all depends if you want to do like podcasting from video as we do it at the moment, video and audio, um, you know, both sides you can do, I fully support or I fully push a lot of my students to do both because you want to then be able to reutilize this video as part of your content strategy, as part of your YouTube growth or, you know, cutting it up and putting on the reels and everything else. So by all means. But yeah, from a simplistic point of view, just take a step back to that point from a podcasting point of view is, yeah, it's real simple if you understand it. Um, I use a platform called Anchor.fm. They are real simple in the sense of I push one button and Anchor does everything for me. So literally to start, I'll have an account, give my podcast name, I do a thumbnail, um, I give a description. I load up my show and I push a button and it does everything for me. It puts me, it puts it in iTunes, puts it in Spotify, puts it in every single app you can find out there. I think at one stage um, on my phone, I had 30 podcast apps to see how far my show had gone. And my show was on every single one of those apps. And that was from me just pushing one button on one application. Now, yes, because I've got the simplistic on a simplistic nature on that side, I don't have as depth or in detailed um, analytics and um, stats that you heard to have for something like called Lipsum that a lot of companies, people out there. But Lipsum, you also have to pay for it. Anchor is totally free. Um, there's no free and an upgrade version. So you can get into it and it's free for life. It's also owned by Spotify. So obviously, like, you know, the second largest uh, podcast platform out there owns it. So it's also fully supported in that sense. So from a simplistic nature, by all means, you can jump onto Anchor um, and load it up and get going. Podcasting is definitely uh, a content strategy that if, you, if you're thinking about it, get into the game, uh, it puts, uh, puts it out there. Your SEO will come more into play in this. When I'm searching something on Google, you're likely more going to hit a podcast episode than you're going to hit a YouTube video. Um, because the podcast gets indexed on, um, on iTunes and Spotify, it gets indexed on sort of, uh, how I'd say it, on web pages compared to video pages, if that makes sense. So when I will go and search something, um, sometimes a podcast episode will come up to answer that question. Because in Google or in any content, as we said, is we want to be entertained or we want to be educated. So I go to Google to go, hey, what is the tax rate? Uh, what's the tax rate in Nebraska if I sell a property? What is, what is the threshold? What is the cap rate? And someone might have just done a podcast that said, cap rate in Nebraska or what is the cap rate in Nebraska and done a five minute video about it. And that actually pulls up um, on the front page of Google ahead of a website or anything else, because it is fundamentally on a, on a site. It might pull up the, the iTunes link or it might pull up the Spotify one or um, even the anchor one itself. Um, so yeah, you do have um, those options around there from podcasting. Yeah, so I'm actually taking notes for myself right now. So I actually didn't know that that a podcast actually outranks a video when it comes to SEO. So that's actually you, really interesting. Yeah, if, if you're on Google, um, just Google by its nature, because Google's got the video section. So if mm-hmm. I go to Google um, and I go into the um, into that section, it very rarely is going to pull a video through into the front page. 
um, and normally what it will do is it'll push the video into the video sections. Where it only pulls a video into the front page is when you've got something called chapters. So what a chapter is, is uh, and you, you'll find this very commonly and going, hey, how do I find, I'm going to go real simple with this. How do I find my dipstick in my Toyota Hilux 2008, right? Someone on YouTube's done that exact video and they've made it a chapter. Now, I can explain something about chapters later on if anyone's wanting to know. And what happens is then the YouTube might pull that three-minute chapter onto the front page of Google as going, hey, this is how you do it. You can sometimes see that on the front page of Google. But fundamentally, you are going to get websites or index sites as your response on Google. So your podcast, text base, sitting on Spotify or iTunes or Anchor or any one of those other ones, Google Podcasts is going to likely head on that front page before the YouTube video will pull through. Obviously, when I go to YouTube, the video pulls through. But um, so, yeah, so you do have that sort of piece there. So the SEO side of things. Uh, becomes more in play when you're on the um, when you think on the audio pod, podcast side. Right. So that's wow. That's actually super interesting for me. So I didn't even I didn't even know that. So full disclosure, I started my podcast just to just to get some content out there. And usually, I mean, obviously, um, practicing my communication skill sets as well as you know mm -hmm. being being a host of a podcast. So I do I do actually have some more questions on this. Uh, you know, when it comes to podcast SEO. So you know ranking a podcast on Google. So I, I have a blog, I have some experience uh, with SEO. We have, you know, one mm -hmm. of the top ranking blogs for certain keywords uh, for just for text. But when it comes to podcasting SEO, you know, what are some, some metrics, right? So when it comes to like a blog, you know, you know, keyword optimization, right? How many times keyword shows up, uh, the URL for the keyword, you know, that's all comes into play. But when it comes to a podcast uh, SEO and ranking on Google, is there, you know, one of the specific platforms that, you know, outranks, you know, other ones like Spotify is going to be better than iTunes or, you know, what are some things you should be looking out for if you want to rank your podcast for certain keywords? Um, it's fundamentally just the keywords. So it's depending where your audience sits and understanding again, where your audience is going to be. Right. So is my, so if, if I want to drive a lot of people that takes podcasts in um, and they want to go real important, they'll go over, to, they'll take that content over onto their own website. So, right, the podcast will still sit on Google Podcasts, it'll still sit everywhere else, but then they'll take the exact same information and put it on their websites, right? So, they'll put it on, you know, uh, uh, buypropertywithme.com and it will have the episode and you might have all the text base or you might actually have the full length transcript. A lot of people go for the full length transcript in there um, to get all that in knowledge and information out there. Um, but to, to index, and I'm not an SEO specialist, so don't hold me to this, but fundamentally, you still got to have the keywords that are related to the search term that someone's going with. So if your content or your blog that's, you know, if, let's say old school blog, which is actually a blog of the podcast, has the terminologies that are responding um, to the answer of the question that's been asked, that's how the correlation works, right? I go into Google to say, hey, here's my question, what is the answer? And then uh, Google goes and finds and builds these relationships up there as well. As the traffic increases on your web page, as you drive more people related to that search term to your website, the correlation gets stronger. So what I mean by that is just a old school YouTube hack is as you start into, um, you, you grow and you get bigger. And if you had 10 or 15 friends that's willing to help you, you could send them, you could tell them, 
hey, I've just released a video on YouTube or I've just released a, an article. Can you go and search for this term and see if you can see my content? And if you can, can you click on it? That tells YouTube or tells Google, hey, there's a very strong correlation and it builds the link stronger. And then your rankings will go up. Um, you know, this strategy uh, is very big in the YouTube space. This is stuff that I give away in my free mentorship that anyone that's interested at the moment, we won't go too far in it. Um, I'll, I will give further details on it. But this is where you can rank. I rank on the first page of YouTube with 100 views next to a video that's got 5 million views. It's just understanding those keywords that are, that are answering the question that's been asked. And then people yep. going and seeing it and then clicking on it. Yeah, exactly. So this is a lot of good stuff. Um, I think I'm going to start implementing some of this as well that I haven't been. So um, this is this is very useful for me as well. But um, kind of going back a little bit more into, you know, real estate agent who's starting out with content, right? And kind of almost wrapping this up a little bit here. Mm -hmm. If, you know, I was a real estate agent, let's just say I was a brand new real estate agent and just got my license, you know, yep. fresh in the industry, first day, first day active real estate license. And I wanted to use social media for marketing. And I didn't know anybody. I was in a brand new area. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know anyone. I have one number in my, in my contacts information is my landlord, you know, or, or my mom or whoever it is. Right. What do you suggest they do in terms of, you know, what is the first step they should do? What platform they should be using and what is, you know, what content they should be posting? I would go with short form content. I would pick TikTok or Instagram, maybe Instagram at the moment, because Instagram, your potential is higher because they want to steal people from TikTok. I would go over to Instagram. I would, I would, me personally, I would be ballsy enough to follow my story. I would go on Instagram and go, hey guys, Lawrence Lotz here, just got my real estate license. I'm working um, in Auckland, New Zealand. This is the area. I'd love to hear from anyone that's having challenges or questions. I'd love to help you out and learn some more. And I would also love to talk to some people in the community um to see what to see what the next steps are so um you know and then that's how you can build it up go out and be real and let people come to you and um and take it from there right great tips um so just to recap you know got their short term short form content be honest be authentic i think that's that's the very key point very uh transcendent a lot of people say this and it, you know for a reason be you know be yourself be authentic. Mm -hmm. And uh, like you said, you know, go out there and be a little bit vulnerable as well yep. with your content. So yep. that awesome. has been awesome, Lawrence, having you on the show. So, you know, you did mention a little bit about, you know, your mentorship. So mm -hmm. I'm sure after, you know, people who listen to this podcast, they are at least interested in learning a little bit more from you, maybe working with you in your mentorship when it comes yep. to content. Um, so what are some good ways that people can actually reach you and, um, you know, kind of explain a little bit more about what you do as well? That's right. Um, anyone can find me on any social platform out there under Lawrence Lots, whatever platform, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, that's where I am. Um, just send me a DM, just reach out to me, send me a message. I'm on social media all the time. I usually respond within a couple of hours and um, yeah, we can chat and see if there's anything else you'd like to know or learn or if you want to interest in the link of me give, uh, of the free mentorship, I'll send you those details and we can go from there. Awesome. Yep. And I can definitely vouch for that as well, because that's how I got connected with Lawrence was I sent him a message on Instagram. So um, definitely, you know, thank you so much for, uh, for taking your time here, you know, sharing some of your tips and uh, your story as well when it comes to social media and content marketing. I'm sure, you know, our listeners learned a lot from this. So thank you so much, Lawrence. And um, awesome. thank you guys for, uh, for tuning in again to this podcast as well. 
And if you found that this was, you know, very useful, make sure to give it a like and a subscribe whenever you might be listening or watching this on. And I make sure to, to uh, leave a review, leave me some feedback. Is this the content that you are looking for? You know, like Lawrence was talking about this episode here. And, um, you know, if you think there, there's somebody out there in your network that can actually benefit from this, make sure to share it with them and, uh, you know, give them this gift of, you know, some, some additional information that could be helpful as well. So thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you again, Lawrence, for being on the show. It was super fun having you. Super fun conversation as well. Thanks, Brian. Uh, yep, no problem. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in again. And I will see you guys on the, uh, on the next show. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Free Life Agents Podcast. For more resources or to connect with us further, please visit our website, www.freelifeagents.com. We'll see you next time.